the Chinese year of the black milkshake. Welcome to the second Black Milkshake comedy podcast episode of November with a more or less healthy Jorma Kirko and me, Ray Mack. And we're back in our local juicer. As you can already hear, the clicking of the glasses and the crowd in the background. James Joyce, Irish pop, Istanbul. And I'm certainly, certainly glad to be back. And we've got all your usual favourites, etc. And don't forget, you can catch us and catch up with some of the old shows as well as the best variety of podcasts are on Grow Radio UK 24-7, Jimmy. Yeah, that obviously includes us as well. Yeah, I'm glad to be... (coughs) glad to have my voice back, at least. Uh, That's only been back for the last couple of days. I've still got a bit of a cough, but... uh, Yeah, some week... uh, Last week, Ray, I was on holiday for a whole week and I was sick for the whole week. I don't know. Vice versa, Ida, Ida, a, a ticklish, a ticklish trot. Mm. Uh, it well, cleared up. No, I wasn't. wasn't I wasn't uh, the worst for tear. I still had to go to school, Jimmy, because last week was um, the hectic week at school. It was mm. the first semester exams before the midterm break, which actually is tomorrow. Yippee! Jimmy, I just finished. Yeah, I just finished one week of uh, exams for the midterm break. And I was responsible, Jimmy, for speaking and listening exam-wise. And Jimmy, seriously, it ran very smoothly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but the other two, and the other two teachers in the department are responsible for grammar and skills. Stick with me, Jimmy. <laughs> but seriously, okay. I was I was buckled, <laughs> roaring last week when the Spanish teacher in our language department came up and said to me, when it's the ass, Mr. A, I know you are the speaking and listening teacher for the exams. But surely, she said, help me out here. Shouldn't you be the skills teacher? Because you never stop saying good, good skills. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was one. I was wondering that when you mentioned skills before. <laughs> anyway, that's yeah. the way, Jimmy. No, yeah, it is. As of tomorrow, one week holiday. You've got your freedom. <laughs> okay, very good. Cheers, chin chin. Good. No, I I got back on Saturday. Um, mm. Had a, had a nice week in Greece. I mean, I say a nice week. I started off with a throaty cough and then um, ended up, it turned out it was laryngitis, but the doctor told me that I'd had flu before I arrived and I hadn't even realised. So, been on antibiotics and throat. So, still a bit of a frog in the throat, but generally I'm feeling a lot more energetic now. So, so, that, so that's that. Anyway, uh, this week's show is more crammed than a constipated colon. Uh, we've got, <laughs> but you're still rearing, rearing. <laughs> you know, I always struggle to find those every week, and uh, that one, that one just came to me actually when I was in the shower this morning. So we've got Morgan Friedman um, hosting a poem about himself of all topics. We've got true or false. We've got post of the week, and we've got an exclusive bit of truth about footballer Marcus Rashford's recent birthday party and the associated scandal. You heard it here first. Uh, Meanwhile, Shakers, let's go straight over to Morgan Friedman. Hello, Shakers. Your compliments and kind wishes are very much appreciated for my ice hockey poem last week. It was refreshing to get such uplifting, wholehearted support from so many chicks. 
showing that they're open-minded enough not to take offense at hockey being called a girl's game, which we all know it is. Now, you may remember that a few weeks ago, I wrote a poem for Alan Scott Davies from Australia about an axolotl. Well, imagine my surprise that not only did he love the poem, but he also wrote one back to me in response. Remember to drop us a line with a poem request about any single thing that you like, no matter how obscure. Let's see what Alan wrote. I can't wait. I made a suggestion to the Black Milkshake podcasters that Morgan Freeman write a poem based on an idea of an axolotl needing a shave. When I learned that he was writing it and then reading it on the podcast, I was deeply moved. To actually hear it was inspirational. The subtlety of construction, the moving themes, and the way Morgan revealed his emotional vulnerability and a deep sensitivity evoked a feeling of connection that moved me to scribble this response. Morgan Freeman wrote a poem based on my suggestion. I'm now one step from Morgan without question. I could share a hot dog and beer with him, maybe after a session at the gym. Aussies always shorten names, so I won't forgo on our first meeting him, calling him Morgo. I live on the other side of the planet. It's a town called Newey that I inhabit. Even though I'm Australian, having a beer and a hot dog is far from alien. He could come here or I could go to New York. If he came here, I'd pick him up at the airport. We'd drive from Sydney under a wide blue sky and probably stop for a beer and a pie. Up to my son's farm, I'd suggest. He could meet his bull, my mate, Les. He's a good bull who's like a pet, hasn't tried to kill me yet. And just in the interest of poetic connection, Les has no trouble maintaining an erection. <laughs> Jimmy, before, 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 I mean, good skills on the wee scribble of response, by the way. In the interest, Jimmy, of poetic connection, no trouble maintaining an erection. (laughs) Poetry in motion, (laughs) Alan. That was absolutely brilliant. Thanks very much for that, Alan. Um, Yes, and remember, you can get your uh, Morgan Freeman poems in as well, just like Alan did. He wrote in with the request, of course, and uh, he enjoyed it so much that he wrote that poem back. And, you know, Morgan is a big enough man to... He loves it. He absolutely loves it. Anyway, talking about uh, bulls, um, got a bit of news for you, actually. That we're, uh, we're coming up with a name change. We're, we're, we've done nearly 50... Ep- we probably will get over 50 episodes of Black Milkshake in, but we're going to change our name because we're, we're based in Istanbul... And because we talk a lot of bollocks, uh, we're going to change our name to Talking Istanbulics uh, around Christmas time. Let us know what you think about that. There's been a number of a number of reasons for it, really. There's been a, a bit of confusion on social media as to what black milkshake means. I've had to tell a few people that it isn't a racist term. 
And we also have <laughs> some confusion uh, between the podcast page on Facebook and the original Black Milkshake Mother page. So um, we've decided if we have different names, uh, it probably is going to be easy with that one. So uh, yeah, let us know if you like the if you like the sound of that. Uh, yeah, getting... I do think, Jimmy. Uh, seriously, I do like uh, the change of name, and I mean we will have to decide anyway. Uh, come the new year. Istan Bullocks or Istan Bollocks. I need uh, It's kind of touch and go between the two of them. But I mean, the, the, the uh, Shakers are going to help us out on that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They will do. They will do. And I'm sure that they will make the uh, the right decision. Should we go over and do true or false? Absolutely. Celebrity. Jimmy, uh, African wild dogs vote by spitting whether Vo- they should go- vote. <laughs> God, I'll stick with me. <laughs> Democratic dogs. <laughs> African wild dogs vote uh, by spitting whether they should go on a hunt or not. When the top dog spits first, only three more spits will suffice but if a low ranking dog spits first then 10 more spits are needed to decide to go on the hunt through or for right that actually sounds quite a lot like uh, men from Middlesbrough who are going out on the pool um, right uh, just, just like people from Middlesbrough uh, dogs do uh, tend to work in packs and um, there is very much a hierarchy as well on the other hand um, it's these numbers that confuse me because dogs are not really well known for their counting ability and I think quite possibly a dog could identify up to five different objects but that bit about a dog being able to count up to ten there's absolutely no way that a dog can count to ten. So that's absolute Istanbul looks. <laughs> it's false. Yeah, I know it is. <laughs> they vote by sneezing. Right. Less them. <laughs> Do they really? <laughs> they vote by sneezing. And I'll repeat, bless them, Jimmy. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I, they'd have to do that, really, because, I mean, I think I did hear at one point that they did used to spit, but um, yeah. apparently uh, Bob Carroll owns the intellectual property right for that, so um, they're not allowed to do that anymore. So they sneeze, they sneeze to this, seriously. Yeah, yeah, that's what they say. Yeah, someone spent too much time watching these animals, Jimmy. <laughs> yeah. I wonder what if that's... Is, uh, oh, go on. Uh, what happens... When they all catch a cold, they must have a rave, Jimmy. <laughs> <laughs> I was wondering if the the sneezing thing is anything like yawning. 
you know that it's an empathy thing you know one person yawns and unless you're a a totally empathy-free psychopath another person will almost certainly start yawning and I wonder if there's something like that in the African wild dog community where that is something that they do uh, well seriously Jimmy if that system works it should be used in the parliament <laughs> hence the wild dogs are more civilized than our leaders and <laughs> Jimmy what's more fascinating about these painted dogs actually that's a nickname or a scientific name that was given to them Jimmy when they go out to hunt they bring back food to the puppies and mm-hmm. guard dog by regurgitating their kill regurgitating regurgitating uh-huh. kill yeah yeah they also do that to wean the pups off the mother's milk Jimmy mm-hmm. My wife is sneezing. My wife is sneezing a lot lately. Maybe she's hungry. <laughs> I reckon they get confused as fuck when they get COVID. <laughs> yeah, but seriously, a bit of information for the old, um, for the old shakers out there. African wild dogs live up to two, live up to the age of eleven. When living in the wild, eighty percent success rate, Jimmy, when hunting, mm-hmm. thanks to high levels of communication, and they can run up to forty-five miles per hour, same as a greyhound. Is that right? Yeah, and Jimmy, these African wild dogs are a nasty piece of work. And this next and last piece of information is not for the faint-hearted shakers out there. The most unfortunate habit wild dogs have in their hunting style or rather their killing style, as opposed to using a choke hold or a kill bite, like most of predators. And, and people from Middlesbrough. <laughs> exactly. And a few from where I know as well around the corner. <laughs> African wild dogs, Jimmy, in a group, grab a piece of their victim and basically tear it apart. Is there? They do, Jimmy. Mm-hmm. Well, it's, it's good teamwork, isn't it? They've got those big, huge, round ears as well, haven't they? Which is different from any other kind of dogs. Exactly. Uh, I'm not quite sure what they're for, but I'm going to Google that after I finish uh, doing this. So, yeah. That's that's an easy for you to say, Jimmy. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, that was fairly uh, practical, Jimmy, and you did well. No, I did. I did. Only the ones today, because as I was a little bit under the weather, I didn't have time to get two or three together. But next yeah. week, I'll surprise you. Okay? Yeah, I, I love it when our celebrities are animals. Anyway, it always always <laughs> cheers me up. Heard a horrific, uh, two horrific stories about animal cruelty today. So I uh, was actually quite happy to hear uh, a nice-ish story about animals. So thank you for that. Um, as as we said before, we d- we don't normally uh, talk on this show about sport, and we certainly don't talk about football at all. But you know, it, it does occur to me. Uh, I, I was reading reading something in the newspaper. Uh, actually, I read a headline at the newspaper whilst I was at Athens Airport last week, and I just about a footballer. And I just started to think to myself, you know how um, 
footballers used to be really colourful and interesting characters. I mean, we were both admirers, Ray, weren't we, of uh, Brian Clough? Good luck. Now, I wanted to do that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and if any of you don't know who uh, Brian Clough was, he was a phenomenal footballer who I think he was re- forced to retire when he was about 30 and became one of the best and probably most unconventional football managers of all time. And he, he had a big mouth, didn't he? A big mouth. They used to call him old big head. But he... Who were you in charge of, Jimmy? Hartlepool? Uh, he started with, and then he went to Derby, but his biggest success after his little disaster at Leeds was uh, was Nottingham Forest, where he where he won the European Cup. Blah, 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 blah. blah. And Brighton, uh, Brighton and Hove. I don't remember that bit. Oh, Brighton, he went down with Peter Taylor for a bit. Anyway, let's forget about that for now. I wanted to just... There was always something great about Brian Clough. You never knew where you were going to be with him. He, If you were interviewing him on television, he might, at some point, he might just kiss you on the head, uh, just to totally knock you off balance. But he once said, and there was a famous quote, he said, he said, if any of my players have got a problem with me, he said, I get them in my office, we have a cup of tea, and we agree that I was right. And, and that was very much like, like Brian Clough was. And I was thinking about other great um, performers from the, the 70s and 80s. Do you remember Frank Worthington, Ray? No, and uh, Jimmy, I haven't got a clue, but you might educate me. Well, okay. go on, go- 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 Google Frank Worthington. He scored probably one of the best goals that you've ever seen. Uh, superbly flamboyant centre-forward, but he was one of the big names that went over to America when they were trying to set up a football league over there. And Frank Worthington was asked the question, because in America they played on plastic pitches at the time, and he was asked the question, do you prefer grass or astroturf? And Frank Worthington, without batting an eyelid, he just said, I've never smoked astroturf. And... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and, and that's what a lot of these people used to be like. And it's so different from how boring these sanitised um, sports players are now. So, you know, that was just an exciting time. So I, I read in the newspaper, I didn't want to read the article at first. So I just saw the headline and it said that Marcus Rashford, the Manchester United footballer, is in trouble for having had a birthday party last week. Now... You know, the media's bland, footballers are bland. Um, but I wondered what, I just started to think what could have happened at that birthday party because I know full well what would have happened at a birthday party that Frank Worthington had been at and it would have been worse than one that Hansi hosts. But if, like me, you get fed up of uh, mainstream bland media, you can always check LEBC News. And if you're in Licky End, it's free, of course, to all households. And it's also available on some smart TVs. And if you have Norwegian cable like Ray and I do, check LEBC. You'll get to the bottom of everything that's going on there. So let's find out about the scandalous Manchester party last weekend. Good afternoon, Licky And It's Wednesday, July the 12th. You're watching LEBC News Showbiz with me, Alphonse Gallipoli III. We're hoping you are having a great day, sir, ma'am. Bringing you the stories that matter with zero bias. Manchester United's petty and childish manager Eric Ten Hag has waded into the Marcus Rashford birthday party scandal 
by labeling the 24-year-old petty and childish after footage from Rashford's wild party went viral on Twitter, formerly X, last Sunday evening after United's humiliating 3-0 home defeat to bitter local rivals Manchester City. It seems that Rashford, 21, had deliberately chosen to keep his manager in the dark about the birthday bash, a decision that now has the Dutchman contemplating retribution. Ten Hag had been busily dissecting the tactical disaster of the team's 3-0 defeat and was utterly oblivious to the impending pandemonium at Rashford's mansion where a catering team had spent five days sculpting a replica Blackpool Tower from diamond-encrusted sausage rolls and erecting a bouncy castle in the shape of Old Trafford. Sources close to the manager reveal that he'd been crafting a post-match analysis in his office when he discovered to his dismay through social media posts that his players were engaging in wild games such as blind man's buff, pass the parcel, and musical chairs. A video of Harry Maguire flicking jelly and ice cream against Rashford 18's curtains sparked a mass food fight which left several players and celebrity friends covered in blancmange, chocolate cake, jelly, and haagen ice cream. According to an insider, at least one first-team squad member was pinned down by three unnamed television presenters known to be close to Rashford, 12 and a half, and put custard pies in his underpants. Ten Hag initially drove around to Rashford's mansion and knocked on the door, but Rashford's mom didn't answer the door. However, there were claims that at least five voices loudly shouted, Who's there? A visibly enraged Ten Hag announced that it was Eric, before the group of young men chanted, Eric who? When he announced it was Eric Ten Hag, a groan was heard from within the house, and Ten Hag had a bucket of tinsel poured over his head from the upstairs bathroom. Marcus knows his responsibilities as a Manchester United player. To be honest though, spending a full week focusing on planning a party instead of on the next match is unprofessional, and when I consider that he did it in secret, behind my back and did not invite me to the party even though he knows I love sausage rolls, cake and party hats. Beyond unprofessional, it's hurtful, petty, childish, hurtful and painful. Ten Hag pettily and childishly told the Manchester City fanzine Blue Moon. Eric Ten Hag is not a man to take in discipline lightly, and he's already begun considering disciplinary action to address the matter. Rumors of omitting Rashford from the first-team squad in training are rife, but as social media footage of the party appears to incriminate most of the first-team squad, as well as celebrity pals Jeremy Clarkson, Paddy McGuinness, and Nadine Doris, in various forms of bad behavior. United may be left with only De Gea, Mason Greenwood, and Bruno Fernandes because nobody invites them to social gatherings and a bunch of teenagers for their next game. Rashford made a statement through his agents saying, Well, obviously, at the end of the day, it was just a bit of fun and we didn't get the rub of the green, but I sincerely apologise if anyone is offended or insulted at my behaviour, but at the end of the day, it was a trifling matter. I lobbed a bit of jelly and Eric threw a wobbly. This chaotic soiree is sure to have repercussions that resonate throughout the club, but also the game in general, and for Marcus at least, he may wish he'd not been so rash. Remember, if you've been affected by the issues in this story, please call our Oh Fuck Off You Ridiculous Snowflake hotline on 0800 11111. Get on to that, Jimmy. <laughs> the BC News, Alphonse, Manchester... Kitty, Jimmy. <laughs> it actually would have been funnier if, uh, what's his name, if Eric Ten Hag had said that, hadn't he? Because Dutch people, anyway, when they say, Manchester shitty, 
when they're saying shitty, it often comes out as a shirt anyway, doesn't it? Like, yeah. Did you we, didn't, we, didn't, we didn't get a rub of the green. <laughs> Before I go back to that again, Jimmy, just quickly, I miss the real generation of football. Like mm-hmm. your good self. The real proper football, pal. Mm-hmm. Like I said earlier on, it's too sanitised, Jimmy, these days. Mm-hmm. They're all hugging each other before and after the game and they don't give a shite, Jimmy. Bring back the days of Keane and Vieira going toe-to-toe, Jimmy, and getting a real rub of the green. Yes, exactly. Exactly. No, those, those were good days, but I, I would have just loved to have been there watching, uh, you know, Marcus Rashford and all his celebrity pals and Harry Maguire flicking jelly and ice cream at each other. It was... Uh, must have, must have been, uh, yeah, very painful for uh, for Ten Hag, though, wasn't it? So, poor guy. Uh, it doesn't matter because he'll be out of a job next week anyway. <laughs> Hi, my name's Kelvin Spacey, actor, philanthropist, and celebrity fan of Black Milkshake Comedy Pubcast since the day I met Ray Mack at the Brutus Himmler Institute of Psychiatology in Beltsville, Maryland, last month. I've lived in the UK for a long time now, but I've been on the lookout for a new challenge for a while, and that's why... Yorma persuaded me to launch a branch of the Kelvin Spacey Foundation in Istanbul, Turkey, to encourage youth involvement in the arts. I'll be over in November for the launch, but at the moment, my friends Hugh and Philip are working around the cock to provide grants to individuals and organizations to help young people study the arts. So why not give it a go? It'll give a whole new meaning to your life. And if that doesn't float your boat, why not meet up with me and the boys in James Joyce Irish Pub, Istanbul, on Thursday, November 19th? Entrance is free. <laughs> but Jimmy, this is the month actually. November. Yeah. <laughs> He's in no- Istanbul. November the 19th, Kelvin Spacey is in Istanbul. Um, yes, it, this youth charity is, uh, especially for single young men, is, yeah, it's a very good place. A whole new meaning to the podcast. <laughs> At Istanbul. <laughs> Behind us the hallway. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah. Hey, I'll tell you what, next time we do some psychiatology, uh, we could get him to uh, to help out. Yeah, exactly. Hey, Absolutely. Could get him to help with the rectal polygraph insertion as well. He's probably got... And, and we, 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 not, Jimmy. Yeah, you reckon? Well, yeah. You, just say your sister's coming that weekend. Because uh, we, we usually use butter, don't we? Uh, but I, I'm sure that Kelvin's got some far better um, lubricants than that one. Anyway, we can ask him if you're in Istanbul on uh, November the 19th and you would like to join uh, Kelvin Spacey's Boys Club, please drop into James Joyce for that. So, all right. Uh, post of the week. Black Milkshake, best posts of the week. Post of the week, Shakers, uh, Marie Lambert from Bruges, Belgium. Jimmy, this is on my bucket list, by the way, Bruges. Uh, yeah, no old lovely. As the old saying goes, Jimmy, steals the heart of all who visit. Mm. Sharon Lipschitz. Sharon Lipschitz. L-I-P-S-H-I-T-Z, a middle-aged woman gymster, is walking down the street one day when she suddenly has a heart attack. She is taken to the hospital where it was determined she must undergo emergency surgery. 
While on the operating table, she has a near-death experience where she finds herself standing next to her unconscious body. Suddenly, she sees the angel of death standing next to her. Oh, that's it. I'm dead, she asks him. No, not yet. Not yet, says the Grim Reaper. You will live another twenty years at least. He then Jimmy disappears, and Sharn wakes up in her own body. Upon her recovery, Sharn is told that she was close to death, but miraculously, she made a full recovery, Jimmy. Sharon decides that she is going to really live the next twenty years that she has left and she's going to live with Jimmy to the feckin' max. She decides to stay at the hospital, God bless her, and get a boob job and no surgery, liposuction, Jimmy. That feckin' full works and why not, Jimmy? She walks out of the hospital looking absolutely perfect. Body looks super fabulous. Plus a great new set of pumpers in her jumpers. <laughs> and not forgetting a big massive smile on her face. She takes two steps and is immediately, Jimmy, hit by a passing ambulance, which kills her on the spot. Oh. She stands next to her body and suddenly sees the angel of death. Hey, you, she says angrily. What gives? What feckin' gives? You said I had 20 more years. The angel of death looks at her very surprised. Sharon! Sharon! And he leans much closer. Is that... Is that you? I didn't even recognize you. <laughs> Timmy, it's a great Irish philosopher once quoted, there's nothing wrong with making yourself look good, pal. But if you want to live your life properly, live them as you are, and not as anyone else. Yes, very good. Very good. I was waiting for some kind of pun about lip shits there, and uh, I was <laughs> trying to work out what it was going to be, because it just reminded me that of many years ago. Yeah. I, I had this slot on uh, a radio station in Germany, and the theory was that we were supposed to uh, present the weekly news in English, so I used to look through the newspapers and uh, put together a broadcast to translate into English. And it, it was a really boring task. And the local newspaper was boring as anything. So uh, sometimes I used to make stuff up, but I had to be careful because there had to be some grain of truth in it. And I stumbled across this painting competition. And I looked through and I thought, well, it's got a list of 20 winners here. So I'll just look through the names because sometimes... There are some German names which sound just a little bit amusing in English. Like when you have Lars and Sven Bender and things like that. And I used to know a driving instructor who was called uh, Helmut Fuck. And, uh, but but I, I looked through this, I remember one day, and I saw that of the 20 winners, one of them happened to be called Kevin Tits. And the other was called Lisa Fuchs. And... Uh, <laughs> So I just used this opportunity to say that the, the winners of this painting competition were Kevin Titz and Lisa Fuchs. And of course, the Germans who were the, the, you know, the German producer, they understood English a little bit. 
but they never understood when I was taking the piss, which was which was great until they did, and then I got fired. But uh, anyway, <laughs> anyway, that's all, folks. We're back next week with Hansi, who's recently been spotted back in Istanbul, although he didn't tell us. And it's Ray's time of the month, and he'll be getting a good psychiatrical probing from the doctor. Brutus Himmler Institute of Psychiatology. Period. Mm. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I've seen the questions, Ray. <laughs> if you listen to us, you dirtbag. Sorry, not you shakers. If you listen to us on Spotify, please click follow. That means that all our episodes download automatically. And you can also give us, God bless you, a five-star rating, unless you're in Turkey, of course. Yeah, if you're in Turkey, stop stressing about trying to give us reviews on Apple and Spotify, because this is a very backward country, and they try to block things like you do in reviews like that. But if you're not here, please do try to give us, follow us on Spotify, whatever you do, and try it. But it's only when you follow us that you can give us that five star rating rating it is if you're an apple listener uh we'd love a five star review that means you need to write a couple of lines saying why you like the show but otherwise if you're not on any of those please just tell a friend about us and share the link of this podcast on your social media page if you will special thanks to morgan friedman lebc news alphonse gallipoli the third Alan Scott Davis, Kelvin Spacey, James Joyce Irish Pub, Eamon McAndrew, Shakers, it's absolutely brilliant to get back to get a good feel of the green and a rub of the green and the microphone. <laughs> good, isn't it? Good skills. Skills. <laughs> Black Milkshake Comedy Podcast was presented by Ray Mack and Yormer Kierko and was produced by James Kirk. No animals or copyright were violated during the making of this podcast. Black Milkshake 2023